Hey friends, thanks for hanging out with me today. My name is Andrea Crisp and I am the host of the Courage Cast. Can you believe we are in season three? I've seriously had to pinch myself several times after an extensive break away so that we could revision for what is possible for the show. We are now back and we are more excited than ever to share with you some really incredible guests and also some coaching conversations with women who are living bravely. Now, if you're new to the Courage Cast and you want to check out the previous two seasons, we love that. So you will find each season has its own flavor and there are some really amazing women that you will want to check out in season one and in season two. Now, if you've been on the journey with us for a while, then I want to say a huge, huge thank you. Like seriously, thank you for staying the course with us because we know after taking a break, sometimes that it will drop off, but we know that you're hanging in with us. And so I just want to say thanks. Thanks for um, downloading the episodes. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for just being here with us. And I hope that you are loving the new music. I have to shout out my really good friend, and he's basically my kindred spirit, Stephen Crilly. Stephen has not only composed the original music for this season, but he also produces the Courage cast each and every week. And we sat down at a Starbucks and he um, asked me if he could compose any music. I was like literally jumping out of my chair. I was so excited because there's not very many people who have an opportunity to have original music on their podcast. And so I just want to say thank you so much to Stephen for um, his work and creativity and for lending that here to the show. He's a huge part of the show. And without him, honestly, I I don't think I could do this. So before we get into today's episode, which is so full of goodness, I want to hear from you. And I want to know who is listening and how the episodes are helping you to live bravely. Now, you can find me on Instagram at at Miss Crispy, or if you hang out on Facebook, I'm there as well. And I want you to DM me and I want to connect with you. Um, It's not something that I just think that we should be on Instagram and you can see what I'm doing, but I actually want to connect with people who are listening to the show and find out a little bit about you and tell me about what's going on in your life. So before we jump right into the show, I want to ask you a question. What do you think holds you back from taking the biggest risks? Now, if your answer is money, then you're going to love what my guest has to share with you today. We're talking all things money, and we're talking to the founder of Paper and Coin, Octavia Ramirez, and I cannot wait for you to meet her. You're listening to The Courage Cast, a show to equip and empower women to live bravely. Each week, we'll share coaching conversations and stories of women who are willing to face their fear and pursue their purpose. Here's your host, life coach, author, and your secret weapon. Okay, friends, so I'm going to be really honest with you today. This episode is something that I feel I need just as much as you do. So personally, in my life, I've never really felt comfortable talking about finances. I don't like thinking about it. I don't like talking about it. But it's one of those things that I have felt such deep conviction on in the past few years. And even though I don't pay as much attention to as I need to, I really believe that that has to change in my life. So in full disclosure, I'm diving in deep 
so that I'm empowered to do everything that I feel called to do as a coach. And that means getting serious about my financial freedom and my financial future. And I know that I want to take you along in the journey. So as with anything, our mindset around money will either be what sets us free or keeps us bound to the past. And my guest today is the founder of Paper and Coin. She has been on her own money journey and she now helps millennials as a financial coach. And they are getting out of debt and they are learning about how they can take risks in their own lives and really accomplish those things that they wanna do. And that is all because they have the financial freedom that they need. Now, in our conversation today, I learned so much from her and I know you are going to too. We're talking all about money mindsets, the ones that we've learned from our parents and how we need to change, how difficult it can be navigating comparison with social media when we see how fast others appear to be moving um, towards the things that they're wanting to do. She also gives some practical advice about how we can set boundaries for ourselves and the importance of generosity as a principle at every stage of our financial journey. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Octavia Ramirez. Well, Octavia, I am so thrilled to have you on the Courage Cast. And I just want to thank you for taking time to chat with me today. I'm really excited to get into the topic we're going to talk about today because I think it's something that as women and as entrepreneurs and creatives, we really need to talk about and that is money. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so thankful that you're here and we're going to find out a little bit about your journey as well. And, And then we're going to talk about money mindsets and overcoming those fears that we have around money because I think that is a huge thing that's holding us back. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I'm excited to get into it. So tell me a little bit about yourself and where you started this journey. How did you become a financial coach? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you and obviously Uh, Hopefully, you know, your listeners will get something out of this that they can really action on at the end of it. So, um, yeah. So as far as becoming a financial coach, I actually, it was really birthed out of um, my own personal finance journey. Um, So just, you know, real quick, I, um, about five years ago, I would say, yeah, about five, six years ago, I was really frustrated. I was at this point in my personal finance and just my personal life in general that I just felt like I was up against just so many obstacles. I didn't really know what I was doing with my career. I was, I was in a really good job, but not necessarily something that I felt passionate about. Um, and then on top of that, you know, I'm at this job and every week or every two weeks I'm getting paid, but not really seeing that money actually do anything in the sense that, um, I was just kind of living paycheck to paycheck. Um, out of my own stupidity, to be honest, um, not because I, you know, was, uh, you know, below the poverty line or anything like that, but it was just really my own issues that I was just kind of living paycheck to paycheck. I was in a job that I didn't love. So I was just really frustrated. And so at some point I was like, you know what, something's got to give, like, I can't be getting paid every two weeks and then putting it into my credit card and then still having nothing to show for it. So, um, yeah, I just began this journey of not only just trying to figure out things with my career and what I really was called to do or felt 
um, passionate about, but also on the flip side, also using that same mentality towards my finances and thinking like, okay, well, what is the point of making money if I don't get to really, I don't see it grow over time or I'm kind of just constantly like chasing, like a dog chasing its tail, right? Like I just wasn't getting anywhere. So, um, I really started educating myself, um, yeah, just when it came to personal finances. And so my own journey really led other people towards me as well. So I started blogging about kind of uh, repaying off my debt, learning about money, and then people started approaching me to actually help them with theirs. So that's kind of, um, in a nutshell, how things kind of started for me. And of course, you know, we'll get into more details about it. But yeah, it was really just birthed out of my own frustrations, to be honest. That's amazing because I think most people, when they are thinking about money and how to get ahead, especially when they're young, if they're not sure what to do, the first thing they probably do is like freeze up. Yeah, absolutely. And not ask for help. Yeah. And so people were coming to you and then you started your own business. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, no, for sure. And you're absolutely right. Like when you are overwhelmed with your money or your career, or I guess really anything, like there's kind of, there's two routes you can go. You can either um, arm yourself and really get amped up and try to deal with it. And then there's the people that just, you know, tend <laughs> to stick their head in the sand and ignore the problem and just think it'll just magically go away. So um, luckily I happen to be a pretty self-motivated person. And I just knew that, you know, in order for me to have a sense of freedom in this area of my life, I knew I had to tackle it head on. So, um, so yeah, and, and you're right, that, that issue of kind of ignoring things, I was starting to see as a trend in my generation. So as a millennial, you know, to, to be honest, things like finances, um, personal finances and investing and all of that um, is not really taught in school. So we're kind of just left to our own devices and suddenly you're thrown into this, into the workforce and now you're making money and you know, you perhaps were a broke student before. So suddenly now your spending has like skyrocketed and things like that. So there's a lot of um, different areas and facets that play into it, but millennials, we haven't really been equipped to handle it all. Um, and we're kind of just told to, you know, figure it out on our own. And also the other problem is that depending on how your parents dealt with money, you know, that's normally the first, the first touch point that you go to in order to figure things out for yourself as you're kind of starting off in your career and with your finances. So if you don't really have a healthy, um, if your parents don't have a healthy relationship with money, that's going to trickle down to you. So because there's all these different facets at play, um, like I said, people were reaching out to me cause they really resonated with what I was putting out there. And so I decided, you know what, let me just things were getting a little bit out of hand. So I decided to actually uh, create a business around it because there was a need for it and it was really resonating with a lot of people. So yeah, I just decided to kind of just package it in a way that was a little bit neater than what I was doing before. So that's kind of what caused me to start Paper and Coin, which is the name of uh, my financial coaching company. Which I love that name, by the way. <laughs> Thanks. I, love, I don't know if I've told you that before. Yeah, thank but you. I absolutely love that. And I, I'm just going to like start off because I feel like anyone who's going to be listening to this today is like either, yeah, this is amazing. And we're going to learn about finances or they're going to be like, no, <laughs> I don't want to hear any of this. Exactly. I want to bury my head in the sand. So I just want to say to people right now, before you go ahead and tune us out, I want to say personally that I have been in that position where I have both been motivated to do things 
and also buried my head in the sand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that's important to know because I feel like sometimes when you are reaching out for help, we have this idea that the person that is helping us oftentimes, like they are so much further ahead than us. Um, and a lot of the journey that we do is because we've already experienced it. Mm -hmm. And we've been there and we know how to move past it. And that's why we're walking the journey with you. And so this is something that has been on my radar. Um, and I'm not a millennial. And it's not something that even my generation learned from their parents or in school. So I think we're going to get a lot of great things today out of this conversation. But I want to encourage people, don't just tune out because you're afraid of money and afraid of going there and seeing what's possible. Yeah. So I want to talk to you a little bit about just fear and just kind of going back into what you said about, you know, our parents and why do you think it is that we are so quick to follow in their footsteps when it comes to money and finances and managing it? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, they're your parents, right? They're the ones that you looked up to, to figure out how to pee in the toilet. <laughs> you know, they potty <laughs> trained us, they fed us. And, you know, they were essentially our source for so much of different areas of our life, right? So it's natural that now kind of stepping into perhaps a new season in your life where you're a new graduate or you're a newlywed even, or even, you know, maybe you've been kind of living on your own for 10, 15 years and working, but just kind of been floating through things and not really making any strides. But, you know, we tend to go to our parents for any kind of, uh, I guess, guidance when it comes to big life events, right? So, you know, eventually once we feel like we kind of got a handle on things, we might push back a little bit. But I think initially that's always that first point of contact, right? It's a, for most people, I would say, at least in a healthy relationship with their parents, that's that first safe point as well. Cause you know that they know you, um, and they even have potentially the, um, uh, the resources to help you, right? I think that's also another facet of it that you think, okay, I'll go to mom and dad and I'll tell them what's going on. And, you know, worst case scenario, they'll either give me advice and best case scenario, maybe they'll even give me a little bit of money, right? Like there's that, exactly. there's almost that like reliance still, I think psychologically that um, is, is hard to break. And so I think, yeah, for sure, regardless of how our parents manage money, if again, if you have a healthy relationship with your parents, that tends to be that first place of like advice and guidance that you go to and, unless you've kind of educated yourself and informed yourself beforehand, you're kind of going in blindly and tend to then think that your parents, the way they handled money was, was the right way. Right. I mean, obviously it worked out for them. They have this house, they have cars, they have a business or a job, like, you know what I mean? So growing up, we think that, Oh, our parents are larger than life. And obviously they must've done something right. So let me just go to them. So yeah, I think it's just like only natural to do that. And interestingly enough, you know, our parents are carrying also things from their past. Yeah. So they're carrying what they learned from the generation before them. And if there was any fear around money, then they carry that into what they do, how they live, how they spend. Mm -hmm. And those things then become what we believe subconsciously 
to be true about our lives. Exactly. And again, we, like you said, we don't know what they were told, (laughs) right? Like we don't know what grandma and grandpa told them or the ones before them. And of course, you know, times change too. So if you think about, um, you know, our grandparents or great grandparents, like they had a different, um, different economical realities, right? So if they were going through the great depression, their, their way of managing money was probably very, um, tight, you know, tight fisted. Everything was very frugal. You don't buy anything new. You know what I mean? Like that was kind of that generation's uh, mentality. And then I think with our parents' generation, you know, things kind of swung the complete opposite way, right? Uh, credit cards became a lot more prevalent, like post-World War II. Um, you know, home ownership became this huge, uh, I guess, milestone to reach. If you didn't own a home, you know, that spoke, that said something about, um, you know, your, just your status in society. Uh, so things really started to shift for, you know, in that generation. And now there's also a huge shift happening in our generation. So, um, yeah, it's just you, every, like everything is different in its time, yet we still go to our parents and then our parents go to their parents for that advice. So again, you really have to be mindful that your parents may not be dealing with the same things that you're currently dealing with or hadn't dealt with that. So yes, of course, they're going to, you know, hopefully speak into your best interests, but understand that their realities of when they were your age aren't necessarily your realities today. So definitely keep that in mind if you are going to go and speak to your parents about money. And like, even on the complete opposite end Mm -hmm. is our peers. Mm -hmm. And looking at social media, which oh man, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to come on with this, but <sighs> I've been thinking a lot about this lately. Mm-hmm. Is what we see of other people and the things they show us. Oh my gosh, yes. And okay, what do you feel about that? Like, just give it to me. I am <laughs> so passionate about this topic of like comparison on social media. I mean, on various different levels, not even just from a financial standpoint, but of course we'll speak to that right now in the sense that, you know, I actually know now with your Instagram feed, it's not even just about posting about your lunch or the coffee shop you went to or on. you also have to have it like, there should be a color story behind it, <laughs> right? So yeah. if you're doing all black and white photos, it needs to stay black and white or it needs to stay cool toned or warm toned. So there is so much curation involved in it, right? Not even, like I said, not the actual content itself even, but like even how you present that content. So um, again, you're not going to show that crappy leftover meal that you had. You're not going to take a picture of it. You're going to take a picture of the meal that you had when you went to Drake's restaurant here in Toronto, right? Um, So the one that you spent 50, 60, probably $70 on, but you're not going to show the leftover chicken breast and broccoli that you ate. <laughs> so because or your McDonald's that's in the back seat of your car because ex- it's exactly <laughs> right because you're broke and you went too far this weekend on the eating out and now you're yeah. stuck eating you know the what is a dollar menu at McDonald's or something. Yeah, I, you know what? I gave up McDonald's a long time ago, but I know people who are still going through that drive-through. So. Oh, I know. <laughs> hey, you know what? No judgment. That's me. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes no, a, shame. no shame. Yeah, no shame. But but no, absolutely. Like we're only showing the highlight reel of our lives, right? And yeah, obviously with highlights, there's a price tag, right? And we, you know, you and I both know this. So. Um, 
but the, the, the flip, the problem with that is that when you're on the other, on another phone, kind of looking at someone else's curated life and their highlight reel, we as viewers and consumers tend to believe that that's that like, that's their daily reality, right? Like, even though we've heard, had this conversation so many times, and I'm sure most of people listening have heard of this before, it's still hard to put things into perspective, right? We, our brain tricks us into thinking like, this is reality, right? Like back in like the eighties and nineties when, or prior to that, even like we would look at like, um, models in magazines and think, oh, of course her skin is that flawless because we didn't realize that these photos are being, you know, photoshopped and, and altered. Mm -hmm. And you know what I mean? Now everybody is a, is a pinup model on Instagram, right? So again, it's just, it's really hard to um, differentiate between real, what's reality and what's, I guess, fantasy or filtered reality um, on social media. So yeah, I mean, I, especially now with the summer and people being in like Provence and Italy, <laughs> like I'm feeling it, you know what I mean? But again, you just have no idea like what it took for that person to actually get themselves to that place. Um, and I don't want to say that everyone is, you know, going into debt, trying to go on vacation or going into debt, purchasing that new house that they just posted. But if you look at the statistics, it is more, more than likely that a lot of these purchases are being put into debt or onto a credit card or on a line of credit or things like that. So don't ever fool yourself and think that, you know, oh, of course, all these people are just rich. They just have money to spend. It's like, that's not necessarily the reality. Um, some bloggers go into debt trying to purchase, you know, just that perfect handbag that they can then tag and, you know, trying to build it up like a business. And so there's so many different facets involved. And I think like keeping that perspective is so important because you can get caught in that comparison tunnel, like so deep <laughs> and you're like, I don't know how to get out of this. And whether that's, um, for financial or monetary things and products that people are purchasing or vacations are going on, or even how they look, right? Like that's a whole other can of worms that we won't get into, but yeah, it's just so hard. It's so important to like, when you're, when you are engaging with social media to have the right perspective around all these things and know that what you see is not necessarily the whole story or the whole picture. Absolutely. And I know even for myself, you know, looking at, you know, someone else's home that's going on the market and they're like showing their home on Instagram. And I'm like, Oh my God, how like, are you living? Are you living? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. And I'm like, how is that even possible? Like, you know, even sometimes they're like 10 years younger than me. Mm -hmm, and I'm thinking, mm -hmm you know, that is just not my reality. Mm -hmm. And in the realization of I've got to stay in my own lane yeah. and I have to worry about what I'm doing and how I can move myself forward, not what other people are doing, because there is probably more to that story than I'm seeing. Yeah. And if you look at the news right now with, in terms of like the personal finance um, situation here in Canada, a lot of parents are actually tapping into their retirement savings or the equity in their homes to help their millennial children have a down payment on a condo or a home here in Toronto. And, mm -hmm. you know, of course, I know you have listeners from all over, you know, the world, but um, the situation here is Toronto is one of the most expensive cities in the world. And the average detached home is 
you know, starting at $1 million. Um, if you're going to live, yeah, like that is the starting price. Um, you know, the market has dipped a little bit, but, but you know, not enough for the average consumer to just be like, Oh yeah, sure. Oh, great. <laughs> I'm going to go buy that house now. Right. So, um, mm-hmm. so really this is kind of the situation that's become a trend is parents dipping into their um, assets to help their children Um, but not in like a responsible way, right? Like they don't necessarily have that cash on hand. So they're actually dipping into the resources that they're going to eventually need upon retirement, right? So it's becoming this um, vicious cycle because what's happening is that those millennials, they don't have necessarily um, the, the resources to sustain the payments that come up, like with the regular mortgage payments. So whether, even though they paid a down payment on the home, they can't actually sustain the monthly mortgage payments and all the added costs of home ownership that come down the line, right? Like maintenance, insurance, um, and even just taxes. Taxes, exactly. And there's like lifestyle inflation too, right? So now you have this beautiful home in Toronto and suddenly you got to go to West Elm, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. You're not trying to go to a thrift store to furnish your brand new home. You're try- you want to go to West Elm or Restoration Hardware. And so now that you have this home, like your costs are just added up. And so because the people like the millennial, for example, didn't have to go through that, um, stretching phase, I want to call it to have to save up that down payment on their own. It is now this, um, it's not sustainable for them from a financial perspective. And so it becomes, like I said, a vicious cycle. So now the parents have kind of jeopardized their savings. Um, and then also now the millennials can't actually, or the children can't actually um, sustain that. And so they're having to actually end up selling homes at a lower cost because they didn't anticipate the cost. So again, it's whether you see your friends purchasing a home on social media, you literally do not like, they might not have had the money to even afford it. Right. So you don't know maybe the leg up that they're getting from family members or, um, or parents and things like that. So always keep those things in mind too. Now, it's interesting because, you know, my generation is a little bit different, I think, than the millennial generation because, like, when I got got out of college, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we had garbage furniture and, you know, Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) some ratty apartment and, you know, it was Mm -hmm. like, we kind of lived like we were still in college for, like, the first two years. Yeah, for sure. And then until you could afford a couch. Mm -hmm. A couch couch was like a badge of honor. (laughs) I was like, whoa. And like, that was back when we had the TVs that were like the big square boxes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, so things are a little bit different. And you weren't obviously taking pictures of your home then. Yeah. And, you know, so it was not a big, it wasn't a big thing. But now my generation, who some of them do own homes, a lot of them do, home, do own homes now. Mm-hmm. They feel strapped because they're, you know, two, three kids deep. Mm-hmm you know, all of the things that they are trying to afford for their kids, um, getting college stuff ready for them, mm-hmm. you know, all of these things. And they're, you know, still wanting to pursue the, their dreams as well. Mm-hmm. So much like the millennials, they are strapped yeah. as well. So we have all of these generations that are still wanting to do, you know, fulfill their purpose, their calling, do all these things. And they're like, I'm so tight on cash. How do you fulfill your purpose if you feel that way? Okay, so while we pause for just a second, I want to ask you a quick question. How is it possible for you to fulfill your purpose when you feel like you're strapped for cash? 
Maybe you are in debt with student loans or you're just really fearful because all you want to do is take that step towards your dreams, but you're not sure that the money is going to be there. Well, we're going to talk about that in just a second, but a lot of it may hinge on your mindset and what has been holding you back in experiencing that freedom you need and not only your financial life, but in every area of your life. And the problem is that you're dwelling on what has happened in the past and not able to really let go so that you can move beyond where you are today or perhaps even move towards your dreams. And we're going to talk all about that in this next segment. But before we do that, I want to share something really close to my heart that's coming up this fall. I think one of the biggest struggles we face as women is when we lose our joy because we become complacent and we allow fear and anxiety and doubt to crowd out what is truly possible for our lives. And that is a hard place to be. And I know because I have also been there, but there is a possibility for you to have the freedom you need to move forward. And that is exactly why I am taking a small group of women away on a two day retreat at the end of September this year to beautiful Prince Edward County. And we're going to spend those days really uncovering what is holding you back, the limiting beliefs you believe about yourself so that you can truly have the freedom you need to move forward and to dream again and to create and to just become that woman you truly know you're meant to be. Now, um, we are going to be in the most beautiful location accompanied by a personal chef and you're going to be surrounded by a group of like-minded women who are on the journey with you. And this is going to be an amazing time for you to unwind, relax, and really get to the heart of where you want to be moving forward. So if this sounds like something you want to do, then I would encourage you to head over to my website to find out all of the information. But if you're the type of person who really wants to do this with a friend, I want to encourage you, grab a girlfriend and sign up together and make this something that you do together and have accountability. And you're going to find out all the information of where we're going to be, of how much it costs and exactly what it entails over at andreacrisp.ca. And I hope that you will join me because spaces are limited and I am just so excited to see what is possible for your life. Yeah. And that's, that's like really what I teach is to create margin in your life, whether that's in your time or your finances, obviously specifically finances to be able to ask yourself those questions, right? Like, what do I want to do? Um, what is my purpose? What is my calling? If you, if you, you know, want to call it that. Um, and that's the problem, whether that's, you know, for your generation that you're speaking of or millennials or even, you know, college grads that are coming out is that we're all so, um, kind of, we're just all the way at the brim of like our capacity that we have no room to, to be flexible, right? No room to actually discover those things that maybe are deep within our heart or, um, you know, in our soul even that we want to pursue. So that was really, again, just kind of speaking quickly about my journey is that's what I had to do is like I said, I was just paycheck to paycheck for stupid reasons, just overspending on social things and, and, 
products and stuff like that. And so I actually ended up completely just cutting up my credit card. I was like, you know what? Every time, every time, you know, my pay period comes around, most half of my paycheck is going towards the credit card balance. And then the rest is going towards rent, which leaves me with absolutely nothing as far as cash money to then sustain my lifestyle. Right. So I ended up cutting out my credit card and I just thought, you know what, that's it. Like something's got to give. Um, and so, yeah, I had to cut, I had to scale back, right. I had to start saying, no, I can't go out to the movies and no, I can't do this or, or I can't buy that at least not yet. Right. Um, and gave myself that time and space <laughs> to reset. And so I, to be honest, I, you know, to be very transparent, I had $2,000 worth of credit card debt. Um, that was really the only debt I had. Um, but I had maxed out my credit card. <laughs> and, uh, so I just took a, a month or two to really scale everything back. I, like I said, I cut my credit card up. I paid it off in full. And then really, I mean, I, now that money I was putting in my credit card, I suddenly had cash. So now when I'm getting paid, I had more than enough, if that makes sense. So, so now I was able to be like, okay, what do I want to do? What should I save up for? Right. And, and eventually, like I said, that led me to the journey of being able to actually switch careers. I was previously working in healthcare and then, you know, I'm no, I'm no longer doing that because I was able to pivot and start my own business. So again, creating that margin is key. So ask yourself, like, what is it in my life that I'm just all the way to the edge with? Like, is it, um, stuff, right? Like minimalism has become, it's almost kind of this trendy topic, but it is so important to think like, what do I actually need? Do I need another pair of jeans? Like, do I need another handbag really? Or another face serum? Like the ones I'm using, like, are fine. You know what I mean? Um, as far as like home decor, right? Again, like you said, we're taking pictures of our home. So we constantly feel like we need to have fresh content, right? Like we're curating our life from a content perspective. But asking yourself those questions about like, do I really need this? You know, is that where in my life, in my finances, is this tapping into where I actually need to create some margin? Whether that means that cutting your expenses or cutting your spending, again, asking yourself those tough questions of, you know, am I, do I need this? Um, and also like, where am I not really pushing myself hard enough, right? A lot of times, um, like I said, there, you know, you, you want to start this side business, but you're afraid. And that could really actually make a huge dent and difference in your personal finances, but you're holding yourself back for whatever reason. So finding those other areas where you can actually increase your income um, is also important as well. Because if depending on the situation you're in, you want to, again, lower the expenses, increase the income in order to create that margin to be able to do and what you want to do and create those um, shifts in your life. Yes, that is so good. And I can even, you know, even for people who may have a larger debt, it's mm -hmm. still possible. Oh my gosh. You know, I, yeah, I mean, you can also be talking about 20, you know, for sure. I mean, and that again was just my personal situation and it really like for me that 2000 was heavy, right? Because I wasn't making, you know, a, a huge salary. And really, like I said, it was just this vicious cycle because I wasn't, uh, I wasn't giving myself boundaries within my own lifestyle and my spending. So I wasn't like the boundaries create that margin. Right. And I didn't have that margin and I was just constantly frustrated. So for me, that 2000 was, was a big deal. Um, and yeah, absolutely. I have clients that have 20, 50, 
$120,000 worth of debt. So, so um, yeah, it's absolutely possible. The same principles that I use to pay off that 2000 I use to help my clients. And now that it's actually been one year of my business, we're starting to get um, people, clients actually coming back and telling us of, that they've paid off their debt. And a lot of them have paid it off ahead of schedule as well. Mm-hmm. So that is like, it's so, it's so amazing. Like I get such joy out of hearing those reports that, yeah, it's absolutely possible regardless of the amount that you're dealing with or the mountain that you're facing. Um, it's absolutely possible as long as you, um, you know, stick to it and, and really exercise the principles, um, that we teach. So that's amazing because I think, like you said about boundaries, it's like, you know, when you have a little bit of boundary that actually creates freedom because Mm -hmm. then you know exactly where you want to push yourself to. And then you have freedom on the other side of that. I think that sometimes we feel like freedom is just like, it's a free for all, you know, but Mm, yeah, you're just going crazy. (laughs) It's not, it actually creates more stress and more anxiety than having Mm -hmm. boundaries. I've had conversations with some of my clients who are talking to me like, you know, Andrea, I don't feel like I'm ever going to get out of debt and I'm never going to be able to do what Mm -hmm. I want to do. And I can't Mm -hmm. take these risks. And, um, which I'm so glad that there are people like you who can actually walk them through that process as well. But I think Mm -hmm. it's really understanding and shifting your mindset around what is possible for your life. Exactly. Right. Like, Uh, And I always tell this before I even start a session with many of my clients and say that, first of all, I want you to know that regardless of any of the numbers we're going to look at today, there's hope. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like there's hope for you um, with the salary that you're making or the debt that you have or the, the goals that you have in mind. There's hope for all of it. So like go into your situation, understanding that like other people similar to you have gotten through it. And have come out on the other side with more freedom and more flexibility and more margin and more joy. And that's absolutely possible for you as well. And I think when you approach your finances with this sense of hopelessness and like, oh, I don't even know where to begin. Like, oh, how did it, why did I get myself into this? Or how could I let this get this bad? And things like that, that negative self-talk um, helps nobody, right? As you know, and I, that's, you know, right on the onset, I just tell them it's time to just shift your mindset when it comes to money and understand that like the numbers we're going to look like, look at, isn't, isn't reflective of your self-worth. It isn't reflective of the the mistakes you've made. It's just a starting point. It's just where we're going to go. We're going to look at it to build off of it, but don't let it, um, yeah, don't let it be a reflection of yourself. Um, you know, we've all made mistakes and things like that, but there's hope to get over it. And that's why we build a plan that's like step-by-step step so they know exactly like, okay, I'm here right now. This is the next thing I have to do. And in order to move past that, I need to do this next thing. So it really gives them like a roadmap to follow. So it, in a way, kind of takes the emotion out of it, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, but again, really, I just, I always try to, first start every meeting that we have with like a sense of hope and positivity so that they know like, Oh, I can, I can do this. Right. Because then what happens is they have that mentality and then they, we actually look at the numbers and then I fiddle around with the numbers to create that margin. And some there's a little bit of sticker shock. Right. But, um, but yeah, they're like, okay, I think, I think I can do this, you know? And so really shifting your mindset 
is important as you know. So, and, you know, I think it's interesting because, you know, anxiety and depression are so prevalent, especially when it comes to finances and that mm-hmm, fear, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's all, it also one of the major causes of breakdown in, in a marriage um, when mm-hmm. people don't communicate around money or have varying spending habits and causes mm-hmm. financial stress, which causes depression, anxiety, the list goes on. And I think yeah. understanding or ha- like what you said about, you know, kind of letting yourself um, free from that shame or guilt around, okay, I've maybe made a mistake or this is not where I want to be. Or even maybe mm-hmm. something happened to me that was beyond my control and now I feel yeah. buried. Absolutely. You know, and, and I, I really do build that personal connection with my clients so that they know like, Hey, I'm a human too. I literally walked through this not that long ago. Um, and yeah. And I also share a little bit about my personal, um, you know, the personal situation that was happening with my family at the time when I was trying to figure things out with my own money. Um, there was a lot going on with my family. And so there's so much like so many layers to people's stories. And so that's why I always tell them like, cause a lot of times they'll show me their, their situation and we'll look at the numbers and they apologize to me. Like, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, I know this is really bad. Please don't be shocked. <laughs> and I tell them like, look, trust me, whatever you're going to show me right now is not going to shock me. And also, like I said, it's not reflective of who you are. You know, we all have baggage and stories that we come Um, into our situations or into this meeting with. And so I absolutely understand. And so I really do really put them at ease by sharing my own story of, again, why I ended up cutting my credit card up. And also the fact that we had all this stuff going on with my family too, from a financial perspective that was really weighing on me. And so again, I'm just, (laughs) I'm a huge component, like do not feel shame about it. Um, Be very, be hopeful when dealing with your finances and understand that there is there's light at the end of a tunnel. So I know it feels like a tunnel right now, but there's hope for that. And I want to say to people too, as, as far as, you know, when you hire a coach, I think this is what people don't know or understand, or they feel like they're going to um, feel all this guilt and shame and judgment around where they are. But mm-hmm. as coaches, that's not what we're here for. We're actually mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. to help you walk the journey out to get the freedom you really desire and that's why you work with us so whether it be on your mindset or in your life or it's in your bank accounts and it's Mm -hmm. setting yourself up for you know having a prosperous financial future don't think that we are immediately judging you at the gate we're here to help Mm -hmm. so yeah like I just want people to know that to hear that yeah, for They're sure. Like, okay, I can do this. It's a safe place, and it's it's mm-hmm. a it's a judgment free zone because we we actually do want you to succeed. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the aim. Yeah. No. Yeah. Speaking of succeeding sure. and moving mm-hmm. forward, now I know that it's a huge part of what you believe is generosity and mm-hmm. um, being able to freely give and freely receive. So tell tell me about that. What do you How do you work that out in your own life? Yeah, I honestly, I mean, for me, generosity is such a practical thing. Um, It's a spiritual thing as well, of course. Um, But it can be very practical too. Um, 
generosity when it comes to your personal finances is key because not only does it put things into perspective, like I said, like, you know, if you're living in Canada and you're making like 40 to $50,000 a year, even as a salary, like you're still in the top of like the global economic scale, right? Like the way we're living here in North America doesn't compare to the way small like families are living in, you know, central Africa, for example. So, um, having that generous spirit just, again, puts things into perspective of knowing that like this money isn't everything, you know, it really is just a tool for you to live out your dreams and your purpose. And if your dream is to see other people's lives free of whatever issues they're dealing with, whether that's poverty or lack of education or opportunities, for example, for young girls in developing countries and things like that, like generosity is that conduit to, to using your money towards a greater good. Right. And, and also in the same, in the same sense, helping you live your dream as well. So again, perspective is so important when it comes to money and generosity really is the key to making that happen. Um, also it's, it really helps you put things into perspective in your own life, right? It helps breed, um, contentment in your life versus constantly comparing yourself. So if you're generous, for example, with, um, like your money, you realize that like money comes and goes, right? And like, I can buy one thing now and it'll bring me joy for a second, but then eventually I'm, it, you know, it, stuff tends to lose its value and its importance to us over time. Um, but being generous helps you remember that like, okay, your money is actually like, can be used for something so much greater than just buying stuff. Right. So you can like be a little bit more content with what you have, knowing that, the money can be used for something greater. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't even mean like having to give to kids in Africa, right? If that's not your heart, that's fine. But it, you can be generous towards yourself in the, in that if you have a dream, right, that you want to start your own business, for example, that's something that's so heavy on your heart, but you're stuck at like a nine to five office job that you hate well, be generous to yourself and start to invest and save towards the dream that you have for yourself. And don't cut yourself short by, you know, purchasing things or, or um, living outside of your means. And then now you're just kind of working that, having to stay in that job just to keep up, right? Just to keep up with your lifestyle, even though it's not what you were called to do or what you feel um, is in your heart to do. So, I think being generous, even in that sense, is important to invest in yourself and invest in the dreams that you have. Um, but like I said, on the onset, outside of just being like a spiritual thing, it's actually very practical in that require it requires intentionality. Um, my husband and I, even before we got married, we were very um, intentional about setting the vision for what our family would look like um, from a financial perspective. So we knew that we were a part of a church. And so that was going to be very key for us to make sure that we're constantly uh, or consistently tithing and giving into the vision there. Um, but then we also wanted to be very intentional about inviting people into our home for dinner and um, taking them out for, for lunch and being able to invest in people in that way with our time. And that requires money, right? So we were very intentional to know like, okay, you know, we want to be able to bless people um, financially, whether that means, you know, investing in some time with them to take them out and just help them and, 
and things like that. So again, it just takes intentionality and planning. And it's not this willy nilly thing that you just kind of, do you know what I mean? Like, I think we tend to think of generosity as this wishy washy, like, Oh, if I see a homeless person, I'll just give him 20 bucks. Like, no, be intentional. If that's something you want to do, make sure that you've thought about that ahead of time. And I know it takes, like I said, it takes that, I don't know, airy fairiness out of it, but really when it comes to money, you do have to set a set aside and set an intention for it. You know, not only with, you know, being generous with our money, but even with our energy and our time, Mm -hmm. I think it's important to know that, you know, oftentimes the more we are generous to give of our time and our resources and our skill set and our talents and our abilities and our money, Mm -hmm, (laughs) you know, mm -hmm. all of those things, that actually creates a flow of return. Yes. So there's this open handedness of like, I will give, I will give freely of the things I have because I don't need to clutch them with the death grip. Absolutely. And, and that's what I tell clients as well is cause, um, you know, God bless them. They're very generous people. And I can see that in the numbers and I'm happy to see that, but sometimes they have all this debt, right? So kind of reshift, like shift, sometimes we have to shift things around um, as far as the numbers is concerned. But I always encourage them like, hey, you're in this season right now where maybe you're not necessarily able to give as much financially, but try to find areas that you can give, you know, whether it's to an organization that you love helping well with, or you're part of a church or any other kind of group, find other ways that you can give. Um, because like, I, like you said, there's, there's different time, like time, talent, skills that you can give um, to things that you care about um, and also money, but also keeping in mind that there are seasons in your life too, right? Like I know that the young family with three kids under the age of eight, <laughs> you know, maybe they don't have as much time to give, but they're very intentional about giving their money or, you know, they're really intentional about like, okay, once a month, we're going to do this for another family or whatnot, right? So keeping those seasons in mind as well, and also understanding that there's various different ways to give, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And if you're in that position where you are that family with three kids under eight, then be intentional about teaching your kids Mm -hmm. about that Mm -hmm. and about money and about what it looks like to give and be generous. And also how to really um, have that financial literacy, which we don't really have time to go into. I would love almost Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. like have a whole thing about financial literacy, but I think that it's so important that we become um, more literate about our finances. But what I want is I want to give you an opportunity to tell people a little bit about how they can work with you. Where can they find you? Um, yeah, all of that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just real quick about the financial literacy piece. I think, yeah, knowledge is power, right? And so this, you know, you've heard it said before that life isn't a dress rehearsal. Like this is it, you know? So you're going to make out of what, out of your life, what you want. And a lot of that requires the resources of finances. And if you don't know what you're doing with it, then it's going to be an uphill climb. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, uh, so absolutely. If, you know, if you really are in this position that you're like, I'm ready to make a change in my money situation. I want to create that margin in my life to be able to pursue my dreams or be able to give generously or yeah, go travel the world for a year. (laughs) I actually know someone who did that and it's just so inspiring. And I think it'll reap you know, benefits, not just for your own life, but for the people around you. So, um, you can find me at, um, 
www.paperandcoin.ca. Uh, we have a free consultation that we give people to just kind of get to learn a little bit more about our services. And we sit down with you one-on-one. We look at your numbers. It's really a very conversational and personal thing. So um, again, yeah, it's we just make it very comfortable for our clients um, and we give them a plan at the end of it, right? So depending on the goals that you have, we will formulate a step-by-step plan for you to help for you to reach them um, and also teach you in the, within those sessions of how to budget, how to invest, how to pay off your debt, um, you know, as fast as possible, which is kind of our mentality. But, but yeah, like, again, this is like the one life you have. And we really, really want to empower women and, and people just in general to use their money as a tool for their life. Like, your money should never be this thing that you're just chasing after, like, you know, a rat on a wheel. Your career should be a sen- something that you feel a sense of joy and purpose in. And if you don't feel that now, then how can you financially set yourself up and set a foundation for your life that you're able to pursue those dreams and able to pass things down to your family or have peace within your marriage? Because, you know, as you touched on, that can be a huge point of contention within couples as well. So having a sense of peace and freedom with your money really does kind of set the, the foundation across the board for um, peace and freedom in different areas of your life as well. And, you know, I, I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> I love what you're doing. Yeah, we're on, so, we're on Instagram as well, of course. You can't not be on the gram these days. Um, uh, across all social media, we're at paper and coin. So the word paper, A-N-D, coin, C-O-I-N. Um, and yeah, we post, you know, fun stuff on there, little tidbits for everyone to kind of take with them as far as finances are concerned. And yeah, so you can also follow us there. Yeah. So definitely reach out to Octavia. I would highly recommend that if you are in a position where you really want the freedom to pursue your goals, your dreams, and the money thing is just kind of the holdup, Mm -hmm. then that's where you need to go. Or if you want to know how to get further and you mm-hmm. are like wanting to set yourself up for better success, that's also a great place for you to start. Uh, I think that no matter what position you're in, having someone to walk the journey with you is always going to be a little easier and it's going to make it more fun. So Octavia, thank you so much for being on the Courage Cast today. I hope that we can continue the conversation and you never know have you back on again. Yeah, for sure. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Was that not an amazing conversation? I love that girl. Thank you so much, Octavia, for joining me on the Courage Cast today. And thank you all for listening to this episode. Now, I want to get honest with you because before you go, you may just hear this episode and then be like, okay, I need to move on. But if you're feeling a little under the gun with your finances, and you're buried under a pile of debt, but you have so many dreams for your life, can I just please encourage you to get in contact with Octavia at Paper and Coin. Your dreams are so important and they cannot be left to chance. There is hope no matter what financial situation you find yourself in. And I really believe that if you'll set yourself up for success financially, then there is no way that you can lose. And all of Octavia's information is going to be available in today's show notes, which are over at thecouragecast.com. And don't forget to check out all of the information about the retreat this fall. Um, The weekend we're going to be away in Prince Edward County is going to absolutely transform your life. And I do not want you to miss it. Spaces are limited, so you're wanting to get registered right away. 
And until next time, remember, you have everything you need to live bravely. If you like this episode of The Courage Cast, we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a rating and review, and while you're there, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Original music and production by Stephen Krilling.